This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Mr. Damer, hello. Larry, what's going on, my friend? Everything is good, partner. Everything is good. Uh, watch the Nets start out well, but you know, Milwaukee is yeah. just... Gordon, can, you, can we just talk about how good Milwaukee is? And, and yes, Giannis was back, but they've been good even without him. 15 in a row. That's not easy to do. No, uh, against anybody. And uh, when that game got started, the way the Nets came out, you thought, oh boy, you know, Knicks taking down the Celtics the night before. Maybe the Nets can put a little fear into the Bucks, and and they did, I guess, for a little while. But uh, that the the way things flipped, especially at the end, the Bucks could not miss a shot at the end of that game. So uh, Giannis is typical monster game, but it, at the end, it was like everybody was hitting shots. Grayson <laughs> Allen was hitting a shot. Uh, Middleton hit a big three. So. Uh, the net struggles continue. They do. And um, now, of course, they have a shot at trying to get even with the Knicks because they play them tomorrow night mm-hmm. in the game that you hear right here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon and I will follow that game reaction and see how the Knicks are playing. But I think if you're the Knicks and you watched that game last night, uh, watch the game tonight, you can expect the Nets to come out the same way they did tonight, Gordon. They're not going to take this line down. No, but uh, they, they're taking it on the chin right now. You know, I mean, when, when they made the trade of, of, of KD and Kyrie and everything else, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to have a revisionist history. I thought it would be hard for the Knicks to pass the Nets because all the Nets had to do was just kind of hold their own. And I think that they were 11 games over 500, 10 games. I think they were 11 games over 500 when they made that trade. And uh, now the Knicks have, have caught fire here, so they've kind of come up and got them. But part of it is the Nets have, have dropped off. So, uh, I mean, they've, they've lost three in a row now. I think they lost three in a row before that. They've really kind of come back to the pack. And, uh, look, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You're the Knicks. You've been tortured by the Nets plenty of times, even though that was with a different cast. But um, it does seem like the Nets are a team – that uh, has to worry more about the playoffs than the play in. They very well might be a play-in team now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's where they're going to go right now. But, you know, you never know. They've lost 7 of 10. So that's been the tough thing. Mm -hmm. And and they've hit a tough spot in the schedules too, Gordon. And once again, listen, you knew, even though Sean Marks, in my opinion, did a decent job with better long-term, clearly, but at least getting some competent talent that you could be competitive on the court now. Uh, he, they need one person that they can go to in a key moment to stop a run or make some shots at the end of the game. They don't have that person. And coming down the stretch when teams are desperately fighting for a position with 20 games or less left in the season, Gordon, you, you have to be at your best. And teams are just going to steamroll you over if you can't hang in there. Yeah. And uh, one guy, uh, is it now that Ben Simmons is just out of the rotation? He, he's just not going to so. play for them anymore. I'm not sure. I know he had he had some nagging injury, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the situation is with him now. He has been he has been very what a mess. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, you know, for all the talk about what they gave up and and what they traded away, the one trade that they'll be regretting uh, a lot longer uh, <laughs> is that Ben Simmons trade because that was that was questionable at best when they made it. Uh, and it's only gotten worse in time. And it wasn't all that long ago they made the trade, and it just yeah. keeps getting worse. And now they got two more years of that because um, they, they were the last ones to take a shot on Ben Simmons. It, it took a long time to find a sucker. They were the sucker, and now they're stuck with him. Yeah, they were. And, um, you know, once again, they tried to get something 
and that, that's the best they could get in. They, they just straighted headaches, and the headache mm-hmm. of Harden in Philly is a little better mm-hmm. than the headache of Simmons in Brooklyn. Oof, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> so, look, I think what they got back for, for Durant and, and Kyrie will be good in time, but there's that qualifier of in time because the next two yeah. years is going to be very difficult. It is, it is. And right now the Nets are looking at, you know, the Nets are looking, as you mentioned, a, a play-in spot, and Miami's right on their heels. Miami could move into that sixth spot. So Absolutely. You know, that's, that, that's, that's, that would be a sad situation to see them, you know, because they, they were playing well, Gordon. They, even even through the turmoil, they were mm-hmm. hanging in, you know. It's just, it's tough if you're a Nets fan right now. And, and they, uh, look, I don't want to make it seem like the Nets can't win a game. Uh, you know, they could very well come out tomorrow night and shoot the lights out. And, uh, you know, they still have some talent. I like Claxton. Uh, Bridges is, is a mm-hmm. good player. Dinwiddie will score. Um, they they have some pieces. Yeah, they got some pieces. It's going to, it's kind of tough to figure it out on the fly. Like they're going to have to do, but, um, yeah, that's, it seems like a bad situation there. And it's nice for the Knicks to have a team in between them and the heat, right? Like the heat you feel like are a team that's, that's a team that's going to close strong. But if you have a little bridge between you, uh, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. They're not coming for me. They're coming for them. So let them. Let them pass them first, and then I'll have to worry about it. But I have to be on my P's and Q's because they'll come and get me too. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know be Miami. Yep, absolutely. There's not that much. But, you know, like the, the, what you look at now is it's, it's almost like the Knicks have built up a little bit of a wall. Hmm. If the Nets are going to continue to stumble, and you can have a hand in that tomorrow night, all of a sudden, you know, if you're – look, you want to be five – but five or six, I, to me, the, the key is you have to be in the play. You have to be one of those top six. Right. And between – if the Nets are going to fall back now, the Hawks aren't – I don't think the Hawks are catching you. I don't nope. think the Raptors are catching. So now you're talking about two teams for or for three – or excuse me, three teams for two spots, and one of those teams is the Nets – Mm-hmm. Who seem like they're now falling down the standings a little bit. So that makes if it, it, it's not just the Knicks are playing well, it's that now you have another team that looks like they're they're going back down the way, and it kind of secures you that spot in one of those top six. And let's be honest, Gordon. Now that the Knicks have won uh, eight out of their last ten and eight games over five hundred, Gordon, they're only two and a half behind Cleveland for the fourth spot. Yeah, that is uh, that is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, again, with the Knicks, you don't want to get yourself too nope. too nope. built up, too uh, too puffed up. But um, yeah, I mean, if they keep playing like they have been playing, it, it shouldn't take. You've already. It's it's far tougher to go from where you were, where you were down, you know, kind of seven, eight, somewhere in that range, and now all of a sudden you're up to five. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can just keep playing consistently like you've been playing. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that much of a shock if you start to close in on Cleveland a little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be because that's, you know, that's you 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 are where you want to be right now. That five spot is right where you want to be. That would be nice. That if you could hang around that five spot. Now you don't want to slip to six. Going up to four is nice, but if you could just hold on to that five spot, you know, that's 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 a good position for you. And then, you know, you see what happens. But right now, their big goal, Gordon, is winning every game as possible, right? Every game has to be like a must-win for them. And tomorrow's the next one. You can't lose to the Nets. You can't no. lose that game tomorrow. No, you absolutely can't. not. If you if you are the fifth seed, that is not a, t- t- a team you should be losing to. Nope. And, nope. and look, it's drawn up perfectly. The Knicks almost have to be the fifth seed. 
Mm-hmm. They have to play an opening round series against the Cleveland Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell in, in, right. in a year where that has been, uh, until recently, the prevailing story surrounding the Knicks, the pursuit of Donovan Mitchell before the season, the, the not landing him, how well he has uh, been and how great he has played with the Cavaliers for the most part this year. So it, it seems like it's written in the stars. The Knicks and Cavaliers, they're going to match up in the first round. Yeah, and... You know, now that R.J. Barrett was supposed to be part of that deal, Gordon, and he's oh, been up course. and down, and now maybe maybe you should have moved him mm-hmm. because now look what you would have had. You would have had Mitchell and Brunson in the backcourt, and then you get Josh Hart. Now you're looking at a totally different team. So, you know, it, the, the storylines are endless for that series. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Endless. And it's that, endless. That, that just, it's, a, it's a perfect Knicks series, right? It is. It is. It is. Hopefully it'll turn out that way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see because you know what happens. You just don't know. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll touch on the little baseball action. Boy, I tell you, Gordon, for Jose Quintana's first uh, debut. Uh, and uh, also we'll talk about the Jets and Giants. Hey, both GMs spoke and both of them talked about free agents. One of them got me a little concerned. I'll explain it next on 9870 SPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I'm curious to see what the Islanders are going to do, Gordon, with the trade deadline coming up. I mean, everybody, every team, all the three hockey teams have made moves. Patrick Kane is now here. Uh, you know, Meyer went to, Timo Meyer went to the Devils. I mean, you know, everybody's making moves. So I'm going to see what Lula Marillo's got up his sleeve this week. It's good to see teams going for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good. good, You know, the Mets are certainly doing that. Um, We got the football team certainly with big decisions to make this offseason. The Yankees, well, you know, they made a big move in the offseason with Rodon, but it doesn't feel like they're going for it as much as – and, you know, for the Rangers, because they're the ones that made the big move today Mm – you know, 94 is a long time ago. It's true. 90, 1994. It doesn't seem that long. And then true. you start doing the math on your fingers. Wait, wait a second. That's a long time ago. <laughs> it is a long time ago. But but it's not as bad as, as the one before that one. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that's. <laughs> people were just like, now I can yeah. die. Now I can yes. die happy. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I that one. Oh, yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, Gordon, it was funny games over at the Combine today for the general managers at uh, what uh, Mike Westhoff uh, fondly calls the underwear Olympics, which is the mm-hmm. combines that are coming up. And obviously Joe Shane is in the leadoff spot tonight, Gordon. And he was, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with Saquon Barkley, what's going on with Daniel Jones. So let's find out what's the contract talks with Daniel Jones going like, Mr. GM. We've been in constant contact with his agents. We had productive conversations yesterday. Uh, we have some more scheduled today. So we'll continue to communicate with them. Some of it you know, was in person and then over the phone. And then yesterday was in person and it'll be in person again today. So, yeah, we'll continue to hammer out. Uh, try to get closer to getting something done, hopefully. All right. So are you concerned that Daniel Jones has changed agencies? Has that changed the negotiation? 
That was something personal that Daniel wanted to do. Again, I, I didn't really get into it, but we had never had any conversations with CAA. We, we didn't, they have no idea what value we thought. I have no idea what they would ask. Like that was totally separate. We have a great relationship with CAA, great relationship with Athletes First. We had just never even embarked on any type of negotiations, numbers, anything. That was just something, you know, Daniel decided to do on his own. And then once, you know, there was a separation, then, you know, we started talking with Athletes First, you know, once that had, had been done. Hmm. All right, so let, let's find out now. Joe, does tagging Jones hurt the game plan for you trying to move forward with your team? It does. Yeah, it does. That's something everybody realizes. I, again, I don't think the franchise, if you have to franchise Daniel, I don't think that's best for the organization. I don't believe it's best for Daniel, um, especially as we try to build build the team around him and, you know, questions about receiver and, you know, other positions on the other side of the ball where we may need depth. So it does hurt you a little bit in terms of, you know, the team building process. But, you know, we're prepared if, if that's a scenario that we're faced with and, you know, we have a plan B and we'll try to execute that best we can. Now, Gordon, uh, Jordan run on on his uh, Big Blue podcast, Breaking Big Blue podcast that you can hear on the ESPN New York app, along with the flight deck and Ritzamini talking Jets, will say, listen, there's no way that the Giants are paying Daniel Jones $45 million. That's not happening. They want to go mid to low 30s for him. Uh, do you think this gets, this gets done, Gordon? I, I still do. Uh, it has been... More content, I don't know, contentious is the right word, but more complex, more um, up in the air than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think the best place for Daniel Jones is with the Giants. I still think that the Giants' best path forward is with Daniel Jones, and this is probably just the dance of negotiation. Mm-hmm. But if you're Daniel Jones, I think you have. We always talk about football play. You got to you got to get every dollar because you never know the play. What play could be your last play? And for Daniel Jones, uh, he, he has to have some sort of a, a of a memory. I don't know if he's holding this personally or whatnot, but you know, this is an organization that kind of bet against him by mm-hmm. turning down that fifth year option. So you know that it would not be all that much of a shock if he uh, only gets franchised. That the, the the breaks don't go the Giants' way, the 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 plays don't go Daniel Jones's way next year, and then he's looking for a new team. So I still think it's in his best interest to get a deal done, a long term deal done. Obviously, it's in the best the Giants' best interest too. So I do think that it will, but it's uh it's been it's gone on a little longer than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, he's, and I do think even though they didn't speak with the new the old agents, mm. uh, I think changing the agency is really added to this issue and it's probably the reason why he changed agencies because he wasn't if they weren't talking maybe i don't understand it's hard for me to understand if they weren't talking what's been going on all this time yeah i find it hard to believe that they weren't talking because they had conversations throughout the season so they said right (laughs) so something something doesn't make more sense look he's not going to get paid 45 million dollars a year absolutely not um that would that would be insane uh, I think that the franchise tag is actually worse for Jones than it is for the Giants. I know Shane's saying it's bad for him, build team building and all that type of stuff. I think it's more detrimental to Jones mm-hmm. than it would be to the Giants. I know that I, I don't think either side wants it, but I definitely could see a scenario where things don't break as well as they did this past year, and, and mm-hmm. maybe the Giants decide, you know what, maybe this guy is not our long-term solution. Yeah. It is interesting, right? Because on the other side of it, he he's played to get the contract to where he is. But then if he takes the franchise tag, Gordon, and 
let's see. We don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. We still don't know what's going on with, with Hertz. Uh, so those players are going to get more money. Maybe next year the, the quarterback salary goes up, even franchise-wise. But if you franchise him, and whatever number he gets, it's exp- he's expected to be better. Mm-hmm. Like it was, he was improved this year. He set a baseline because he cut down on the turnovers, and they played winning football for the first time in a long time. Certainly, first time with Daniel Jones. Uh, that could, uh, again, uh, that could certainly go the other way. So uh, I think for his sake, he has to know how fleeting this can be. Yeah. After, no doubt about w- it. After what he's seen, I mean, coaches in and out, <laughs> GM gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it can change very quickly. And and what, whatever number he is getting, it's it's not just about, all right, he's proven himself. He's just proven that, he's going to be the answer moving forward, but he still has to improve from where he was this past year. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's Saquon Barkley, Gordon. And so Joe Shane was asked, have you closed the gap with Saquon? We haven't totally bridged it. We're a little bit closer. There's still a gap or, you know, we haven't done. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll still work through that. And, again, he's we're working with Rock Nation and Kim, his agent, and have a great relationship with her. And I have had for a long time. So we've had really good communication, and she does a great job. And, you know, we'll see if we can bridge the gap here at some point. Now, do you take the off-the-field value into, into the account with Barkley? No, I mean, I think in the negotiations, you take all that into account or you wouldn't approach the player on a contract extension. So, yeah, I mean, we Walter Payton man of the year. I love that about him. But you also got to look at production, durability, games played, production versus other comps throughout the league. And that's usually where they land from a financial standpoint. And you got to draw a line in the sand like we're not going any further. And if it goes past this, all right, let's shift to plan B. And again, hopefully we don't get to that. But, you know, we went all over, went through all those plans. All right, Joe. So. Could you use the tag on Jones or Saquon or neither? Yeah, I mean, we'll see if it comes to that. We're hoping we don't get to where it's it's one or the other. It doesn't have to be that way. If it did, we wouldn't be in, you know, have contract offers out to both of them. So it's not necessarily we have to, one's getting tagged. Ideally, that doesn't happen and you get them both done. That's going to be better for the organization. And I think it'll be better for Daniel. And I think it'll be better for Saquon if we can get deals done without having to use the franchise tag. Right. But Gordon, if you got to use the franchise tag, you got to use it on Barkley. Uh, well, I mean, I, for one year. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look, it's not a terrible deal. I, I would much prefer doing that than signing to him to a long-term three-year, four-year deal at thirteen mm-hmm. million dollars. Um, right. I am not a fan of that. Uh, history shows you that that is not how good team. Because again, if you're saying we're going to sign Saquon Barkley, let's say a three-year deal. Let's just make it three years. Mm-hmm. In the next three years, if you're the Giants, coming off what you did this past year, you think you're going to be competing. For division, not just division, but in the conference, you were, mm-hmm. you, you know, I mean, that's kind of what you were expecting. I'm not saying a Super Bowl appearance, but I, I think that you're, you're, you've already taken the first step. You were a playoff team. You won a playoff game. So, if pro- what, what's progress, right? Your progress is you're playing in the championship game. You're, you're at least making an appearance there. And teams that are going deep into the playoffs generally are not spending a lot of money on the running back position. Yeah. Um, the history just shows you. We gave you the numbers. I think it's the last 13 or 14 Super Bowls. The Super, Bowl, the leading rusher on the Super Bowl champion team made just over a million dollars. So for the Giants, who still have a lot of holes, still need a lot of help there on offense to help out the quarterback, whoever it's going to be, 
I just don't. I don't think it makes sense to as explosive a player as da, as uh, Saquon Barkley is. To me, mm-hmm. it does not make sense. But it's never seemed like the Giants agree with that. They have made no. it clear they want Saquon Barkley back, yep. and he is going to be back at some price. Yeah. And and the the price and see the price of course is important, but Gordon, the years are just as important as the price. Absolutely, to me. the years are just as important. Absolutely. Yeah, to to be investing a a second contract in a running back who has already been hurt the first five years um, when you're expecting to be playing more games as well, right? Right. You're not expecting just to play two playoff games. You're hoping to play three playoff games. You're hoping Mm -hmm. to play more and more. So, uh, But the Giants have made it clear this entire time that they want Saquon Barkley back and that he is going to be back one way or another. No question about it. One person who will not be back is Kenny Galladay. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought they might be able to get something worked out. No, 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 no. Harvey drove him to the airport. Before he came to work. <laughs> Yikes. Was that a bad one or what? Oh, my that Lord. That was pretty, pretty bad. It was yeah. pretty bad. None worse than this season. None worse than oh. this season when they desperately, desperately needed a wide receiver to take that step forward to help them out desperately needed and he couldn't even get on the field no nope. and when he one. did he dropped a pass he'd drop a pass it and was... got out right off the field Whew, that was bad <laughs> it was bad and then there's the jets we'll get you caught up on what joe douglas had to say today and some of these uh, this uh, i'm not real sure about this we'll figure it out next on 987 espn This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. You feel Aaron Rodgers will come in and lead you to a Super Bowl or get you deep into the playoffs, and and I think he could. Of course, you're going to have to pay him, and you're going to lose some draft choices. So you have to weigh all that against a Derek Carr, who you don't have to give up anything to get, uh, and won't be as expensive. So I think the the draft choices are valuable. And at 13, let's face it, you're going to get a good player. I mean, I don't care if it's a bad draft or a great draft. At 13, there's players. Like I said, I got 85 players that I like. Okay, and you're 13, you should get a good one. So and the offensive line is is a neat area. So yeah, that's something you have to weigh. Do you want to give up picks for Aaron, or you don't want to just bring in Derek Carr and, and, and use that 13th pick to help him. Mel Kuyper Jr. was hanging out with DPA Turner Rothenberg this morning. You can hang out with them tomorrow morning and every morning, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 a.m. here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, that is the juggling act, right? And then once you hear again that uh, Derek Carr is heading to chat to the Carolina Panthers while he's at the Combine, and there's some other folks he's going to, um, you know, Gordon, it, it, putting all your eggs in this in this uh, Aaron Rodgers basket can be dangerous. Yeah, uh, it does seem like though that the Jets are waiting on that answer before they move on to anything else, right? Uh, I mean, they had Derek Carr in, they met with him, they talked with him, uh, they're, they're singing his praises about how he could be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback coming to the Jets. First ballot Hall. Of First ballot Hall of Fame quarterback comes to the. Of course, that same uh, review is coming from the guy who blew the second pick in the draft, and now is is dipping into free agency to kind of fill that hole at quarterback, which he kind of created by picking the guy that he picked. But uh, you would think if they were in such in love with Derek Carr, they would just go out and get Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr seems pretty clearly a backup plan to the Jets. Yes. I, I don't know what their plan A is. I would think it's Aaron Rodgers. To, if it's to be believed, uh, I know Peter King reported that uh, the Raiders are out on Aaron Rodgers. All these teams that are out on Aaron Rodgers, 
It seems like it's the Jets or it's, it's the Packers or it's retirement. And see, if you're the Jets, Gordon, you can't go too high because you're betting against yourself. You're competing against yourself. You, you have to be you know, mindful that you're, you're not just a quarterback away either. You have a couple of other needs that you have to straighten out on your team, namely the offensive line and depth all over, on, on both sides of the football. But the owner thinks they're only a quarterback away. I mean, that's the big missing piece, according to him. Well, it is a big missing piece, but it's, it's not the only piece. piece. <laughs> I, you know what I wonder? I, I, I'm puzzled that there's not more interest in Rodgers. Like, you would think with Aaron Rodgers available, the amount of teams that need quarterbacks, maybe they just think that Aaron Rodgers won't have interest in them, so they don't mm-hmm. have interest in him. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like, and, and tomorrow, doesn't he do his spot with uh, McAfee tomorrow? Yes, he does. So I'm sure we'll be all over it tomorrow talking yeah. about all the different angles now that he's out of his, out of his bunker. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of surprised. I wonder if he's almost, and his camp is almost trying to stir up mm-hmm. uh, more, more interest, interest yeah. from other teams or at least hold the Packers' feet to the fire so that – because right now it seems like he's limited to an AFC team because the Packers aren't going to trade into an NFC team, but he kind of kind of holds the hammer on them so he could just kind of drag this out so that they got to just get rid of him to get rid of that money and move on, mm-hmm. and and maybe that's what the holdup here is. It doesn't really help the Jets though. It does not. And Gordon, let's fifty-eight million. There's I don't know how many teams can afford that under the cap. <laughs> I would not think many. Money. Yeah, that's I would not a think lot many. of money for one season. It is. I mean, he's he's worth it. I mean, he's earned it. He's earned it. But uh, that's a lot of money. All right, Joe Douglas, would you prefer to get a veteran quarterback via trade or free agency? We look through every scenario. Those are things we're weighing. Acquiring a player with no compensation in terms of trade, draft picks or, or players versus someone that may re- may require that. So we're looking at every, every option, and that will play a part in the decision. Every option, Gordon. Looking under mm. every rock, right. every option. Because any option has to be better than the current option. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Douglas, let's talk about your visit with Derek Carr. Uh, obviously, you guys have seen reports about us bringing Derek Carr in uh, about a week and a half ago. I can tell you that was a fantastic visit. Uh, we really enjoyed spending time with him. Obviously, he's the, he's the only quarterback that I can really shed any light on for you guys since he's the only quarterback that's a free agent. But you know, I can say that uh, he left a he left a strong impression with everybody. And so, obviously, we're going to be exploring the, the veteran quarterback market this offseason, and we're going to look at every available option. We feel like when it's time to make the right decision, when everyone goes through their process, we're going to make the best decision for the Jets. All right, uh, Jimmy sure. G, uh, Geno Smith, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz. Larry, don't don't get my hopes up. <laughs> don't even float it out there. There's a oh, bunch of quarterbacks. They're Larry, the free agents. You have heard me have a good time on this show many times. Yes, you know I, I enjoy a, a, a bad Jet performance. There were plenty of those this year, especially late in the year. The sports gods would not allow me to be that level of happy if the Jets answered the quarterback conundrum was Carson Wentz. That might. There are Jet fans who say they are with the team through thick and thin. That might finally kill them off. They they would leave the organization in droves. Yes, they would. Oh, don't even float Carson Wentz's name out. How about Red Rifle? No, it can't be. Can't be. Can't be. 
Uh, the way I look at it is it's got to be – I still think it's mostly Rodgers. Right. Um, I, I did kind of discount Carr f- uh, for most part. I still don't think Carr is a fit. I don't know. I don't see them going that route. Uh, I, I, if it's not Rodgers, I do think it could be Tannehill. Oh. Okay. I think that that could be a route that they go. Mm. Uh, what about Zach Wilson? Here's what Joe Douglas had to say about that quarterback. I know in talking with Nathaniel and Todd and our staff, they're so excited to get with Zach and start working. I know they've had some positive discussions, but again, our stance on Zach hasn't changed. You know, we feel like Zach has a has a very high ceiling. Obviously, the, the first two years haven't played out the way that anybody's hoped, but we still feel like there's a very high ceiling with Zach. And in my time in the league, I found that when players love this game and when players work their tails off, they usually hit their ceiling. And so feel like Zach has those definitely has those traits. So still feel strongly that Zach's going to be able to hit his ceiling. So, Gordon, let me ask you this question. You're the general manager of the Jets. Everybody knows that Zach Wilson has been a colossal disappointment. Everybody in the league knows he's been a colossal disappointment. You can't come out and say, we don't really want him anymore. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a way that you can be a bit more, because they don't, he's not in the, they don't, they don't want him. No, they don't want him. So, but, and I don't think you're going to get any trade value for him. Maybe you might get a third or fourth round pick. Maybe, maybe. I don't know when. I mean, right now he would be the backup in in an extreme emergency. I mean, I don't know how you frame this any better, because he's not telling the truth. They don't. They don't think he has a high ceiling. They can't. You know how on The Office they had the Dundies? I feel like in sports talk radio, when you hear executives talk, we should have like the Cashmans, where they yeah. say something and you know it's completely not true, <laughs> but they throw a bunch of words out there or her, yep. a huge word salad and it makes you yes. think, oh, well, you know, maybe they... Uh, yeah, that was a complete word salad that uh, yeah. he threw out there about him yeah. having a high ceiling. Yeah, the either. problem is, can you see the ceiling from the floor? Because the floor is the sub-basement with him and it's yeah. not going to work here. It's never going to work here. Yeah. But... Um, when you're the GM who drafted him second overall two years, I mean, two years ago, and he didn't even play two complete years, and you already know that it's a bust, you're not just going to get – you're going to save face. You're going to hope that something works, that he gets in there to some point and gets some level of success, that maybe you can move him somewhere for something, uh, and it doesn't look as bad as it would right now. But no, I mean, the Zach Wilson story here, the, that book, that chapter, what, however long the book is, that chapter is closed. It's done. It's yeah. done. Just curious, though, Joe Douglas, what's the latest on Quentin Williams? Are you going to extend him? We've had several good discussions with Nicole and Quentin since the season, and we feel really good about where we're at. And again, we feel good that this process is going to play out in the, in the right way. All right, so we'll see what happens there because he's, he's made some demands. He's not a free agent yet, Gordon. I mean, I know you want to. It would be in your interest to extend him and get it done early. Yes. Um, because he could have an even better year and it's cost you more money. So if you can get it done, let's try to get these things done. But clearly, Gordon, he's on. He's second on the list. they got to get the quarterback first. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Quinnen is, is one of the foundational pieces. Yes. He'll, he'll so, get his money. Yeah, absolutely. It's just I just don't know if he'll get it before they figure out who the quarterback is going to be. Yeah, that one's – I mean, you really – if you're the Jets and you have your hopes set on Aaron Rodgers, you're hoping he comes out tomorrow and gives you some sign of some sign of that things are going to progress here. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, Harvey, when is this Aubrey Marcus uh, Twitter teaser trailer that Aaron Rodgers is going to tomorrow? He's going to talk about his uh, darkness retreat. So he's also, along with McAfee, uh, he's also supposed to be on the Aub- Aubrey Marcus podcast to talk some stuff. So okay, we'll be all over. Everybody will be their ear to the ground. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Larry, the best part of my week away was not hearing about Aaron Rodgers' time away. Yeah. That was the best. I didn't have to pay any attention to any of that nonsense. Yeah. Wish I could have said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, it, you know – I think you got to start getting some answers now, right? Got to. You have to. If, if not, you got to move on, Gordon. You can't wait. You got to move on if you don't have it. You don't have it. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow night, my friend. Be good on the radio tomorrow. Sounds good, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you, Julian. They'll continue the conversation. NFL and more. Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN New York.